0: bring you greetings from Letchworth Garden City Church um, today, and real privilege for me to be here and to bring God's Word um, to you. If you've got your Bibles, please um, open them up, turn them on, John chapter 14. Uh, if you haven't got either of those, um, um, scriptures are going to come up on the screen um, behind you. As uh, Pastor Scott said, my name is Carl. I'm married to, in fact, 17 years yesterday, my wife and I celebrated our anniversary, so... Um, just, uh, yeah, we have um, two amazing girls, Evie May, um, who is 14, and Rosie Grace, who is 12, and she thinks she's 21, and uh, please pray for me, house full of girls, and even the dogs are female, so I, I do, I do, I count your prayers, please. Um, let's, uh, let's read the Word of God here together, John chapter 14, verses 1, and we're going to read through to verse 6. Jesus speaking, says, "'Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me.'" My father's house has many rooms. We've just sung about it. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. It's good news for a Sunday morning, right? Verse 4, you know the way to the place where I am going, he says. But Thomas, we, were, we know Thomas. Thomas replies to him and says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, So how can we know the way? And then Jesus replies with these famous words. There are many a word that have been spoken about Jesus, but none more so are important than the words Jesus says about himself. And right here in this moment, in verse six, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive and it is active. Your word is sharper than a double-edged sword. And Lord Father, today we pray that your word would pierce our hearts in Jesus' name. Lord, it wouldn't just pierce our hearts. We pray that it would quite literally change our hearts. Such is the power of the word of God. Such is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We welcome you here now to come and to illuminate your word to us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I wonder today if anybody has one of these. I think probably everybody, if not everybody, would have a mobile phone in their pocket or in their bag somewhere. There has been a revolution over many, many years now where mobile phones, everybody is carrying them there. When I was a kid, I remember being about 15, 16 years old to my mom, and that was in the 90s, and saying to my, to my mom, I need a phone, and, uh, and such was my pressing need, whereas now everybody seems to have one. In fact, I remember growing up in the 90s and my dad got the very first home computer. And I tell you, when he turned that thing on, the whole house literally shook. Uh, such was that, the, the kind of equipment then and the power of them. And everybody, I don't know if anybody remembers those and the kind of whirring noise as you turn the computer on. But the power that we have in our phones that we hold in our pockets and our mobiles, I don't know about you, but I access so many things that matter to my life through this phone. I access my bank accounts through this phone. I get updates on my mortgage. That's not always helpful. Through this phone, I access my hobbies through this phone, I left Letchworth and um, Garden City early this morning, and they 're getting my car. The first thing I do is I put on Google Maps. There are other map apps available that you can access, but I access my maps through this phone. I stalk my sorry, look out for the welfare of my children through <laughs> this phone. I literally access so many areas of my life through the phone. The phone is valuable to me. There is personal information on there that matters to me. You can get access to this phone, and you would find personal information, things that really do matter to me. But there's something unique about this phone. This phone is protected to my face ID. This phone has a face ID, which only my face can go to this phone, and when I allow it to, it reads my face, which gives me authorization to access what is important on this phone. In the same many ways, a little bit like the passage we've just read, our phone has apps, but in order to access them, we need to be an authorized user, and it starts with identification. My face ID is my, authentic- my authentication that gives me my identification, which gives me the authorized access. Church, today I want to take a few moments with you, if I can, to look at what it means to be. Authorized users. You see, for three years, the disciples have followed Jesus. They've observed him. They've watched him. They've seen Jesus step into his calling. They've seen Jesus perform signs and wonders, miracles, raising the dead. They've been confused by Jesus. They've been amazed by Jesus. They've seen Jesus literally wow the crowds. And they stood there in absolute amazement. Jaw dropping moments when did he? just do what I think he just did. Moments when they've observed him and watched him, and for Jesus, they've seen him, if you like, have all the apps of heaven available to him. All the apps of heaven at his disposal, directions at his disposal, faith was at his disposal. The names of God were at his disposal, amen. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He had all the apps, all the resources of heaven at his disposal. Peace was at his disposal. Jesus quite literally carried and embodied the good news of the gospel. From his birth to his resurrection, he carried and embodied the good news of the gospel, but yet so much more than that, He carried the good news of the kingdom of God. He carried the good news of heaven. Do you know that peace comes from heaven? Peace comes from heaven. Joy comes from heaven. Anybody need joy today in the house of God? Joy comes from heaven. Three of us need joy. Anybody else need joy? Come on. (laughs) Healing comes from heaven. If you're searching for security today, I want you to know that security comes from heaven. Yes. Everything you need, everything you desire, the deep longings of your heart, you will find accessible through heaven. It all starts, though, with authorization. And so when it came to Jesus, he had authorization because of his identification, because of who he was. He was the Son of God. He carried the image of the Father, and so he came with his identification, and because of who he was, because of his face ID, he was able to have authorized access to all of the resources of heaven. Church, I want you to know today the good news today is that when we step into a relationship with Jesus, I love the way Paul talks about it. He says that we are in Christ Jesus. Therefore those who are in Christ Jesus, the old has gone and the new has come. That we walk into a new relationship, a new way of living. When we live in Christ Jesus, we take on the identity and the image of Jesus, the Son of God. That we carry his ID. That his ID comes our ID. I don't know whether I should confess this to you. I know we've just met, but I feel like I trust you and I hope you trust me too. But when I was um, under the age of 18, I had a fake ID. I'm so sorry to, I I know, I'll hopefully build up my reputation again with you. But um, I had a fake ID and that fake ID allowed me to go to some places and I was was blessed as a 16-year-old. I could grow a little bit of a beard and I could pretty much get into lots of different places. But see, churches, many of us, we stepped into a relationship with Jesus but we're still carrying around counterfeit identification. You see, when we become a new creation in Christ Jesus, we quite literally are adopted into the family of God. We get a new ID, and some of us need to hand in the counterfeit and pick up the real thing, and the real thing is found in the name of Jesus. We have an ID. And our ID gives us authorization. Quite literally, In Genesis 20, verse, chapter 1, verse 26, 27, right in the very foundations of Scripture, it reminds us that we were what made in the image of God. In the image of God, he created us. And so if we want to pick up the heavenly phone, access the heavenly apps of joy, healing, peace, renewed faith, renewed hope, it's going to have to recognize me. Recognize me and who I am as a child of God in order to have access to the kingdom of God. Let's just think about the kingdom of God for just a few moments. Hey, the word "kingdom" is made up of two words: king and domain." That's what quite literally it means, the king's domain." Two words make up the word "kingdom. But in a kingdom there are many elements. In fact, I want to say four elements to the kingdom of God. Every kingdom needs a king. doesn't take rocket science to word that out, does it? Every kingdom? needs a king, a governing ruler, if you like, somebody who has a vision, a plan of a preferred future that they want to lead others towards. All the resources of the kingdom are available to the king. A kingdom needs a king, but a king needs a territory. A territory that, if you like, are the boundaries of his domain, the the, the kind of literal defined location that he has from the north to the south, east to the west, whatever that boundary or that domain looks like. A kingdom needs a king, and it needs a territory, but it also needs citizens. Citizens who occupy the land, citizens who represent the king, citizens who who don't just kind of work on the land, but feed from the land. Citizens who are there, who occupy, who are blessed by the fruits of that land that it's able to produce. And so a kingdom has a king. It has a territory, it has citizens, but it also has laws. Governing rules to help people, not just to live, but to thrive. Do you know, so often I meet people as a pastor and I journey with people, and one of the first things that often people are who are exploring faith, they say, well, God's just so limiting. He's got so many rules. Do you know, church, God puts boundaries around our lives, not just to help us live, but to help us thrive in this world. Do you know, church, today that if you have that mindset that God is a limiting God, I want to say to you that God's laws are that he wants you to walk and to live in freedom today. He wants you to experience love like you've never experienced love, to experience joy and to download joy into your life like you've never experienced And so Jesus says on a number of occasions, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. The king of kings, Jesus himself, is looking for citizens of his kingdom, not just to reflect him, but to represent him. Not just to reflect him, but to be those who represent him, to quite literally be those who have the identification of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, have the identification as a child of God, that we have authorization, and that we would bring heaven to earth, that we would bring the kingdom of God to earth, that we would represent him. And so here in John chapter 14, there's the conversation between the disciples and between Jesus. They've got some confusion. They've got some questions. There are some things that are happening that are making them uncomfortable, and they're looking for a way. They're looking for some directions. They, they quite literally almost want Jesus to get out his version of Google Maps and say, this is the way to go, Thomas. They're looking, they're searching, they're asking, they're pleading, God, Jesus, would you show us a way? We don't know where you're going. And Jesus speaks into it, and perhaps he responds in a way that we don't, but he, almost, he, he responds in a way where he speaks peace over the situation. And he starts by saying to them, don't worry Don't worry right now. I know you've got questions. Don't worry. Don't let your hearts be troubled. He says, in my my father's house, he's talking of heaven, in my father's house there are many, many rooms. Now, the kind of rooms that Jesus is talking about here are not the kind of rooms that are available on booking.com. It's not what he's talking about here, folks. He's not talking, I don't know what it is with that website, but it just feels like every room has limited availability. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I think somebody's got a good marketing strategy somewhere. Jesus isn't talking about rooms with limited capacity, limited availability, limited resources. Book your room in heaven now. You know, book ahead, pay your deposit. Survive earth till you get there. No, the many rooms are heaven are expanding as the citizens of the kingdom are expanding. The bigger the territory, the more the citizens, the more the citizens, the greater the vacancy heaven has. I don't know about you, but I often sit and talk with people, and it kind of feels like over the years we've developed some, I I use this phrase a lot, forgive me, in our home church, I talk about stinking thinking. Do you know what I mean? That stinking thinking creeps in, and I think so often... When it comes to conversations around heaven, it feels in the church some stinking thinking has crept in. And we kind of have this idea that we're supposed to just survive earth until we get to heaven. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Cling on, hang on, and just survive earth because the promise of heaven is going to come. We used to, growing up in church, and my, my dad was a, was a kneeling minister. My granddad was an kneeling minister. For goodness sake, I was even born on a Sunday. You know what I mean? It was... <laughs> This is real, okay? And I grew up in church environments just like this. And I would love the hymns that we would sing, and there were some fantastic hymns, but it, I kind of remember some of those hymns. Every hymn was like, a, we're just clinging on. <laughs> We've just got to hang on somehow. Life's tough, but hang on. You're going to get to heaven. And it was kind of this mindset and this theology or this understanding that we just somehow needed to cling on. There was a series on Netflix a number of years ago called The Afterlife. I don't know if you came across it. It's a slightly bizarre kind of series, I'll be honest. And um, in that, it just feels like in our culture today, society, we have a real fascination with the afterlife, don't we? Fascination around what next? What's happening? Do you know, I, I, I really do believe that we talk about the afterlife and heaven as the afterlife. I think heaven is just life itself. I think this is the before life, because life for us really does begin with like that sense of being in heaven and being in eternity with Jesus. Come on, we should be excited about heaven, amen? Some stinking thinking. It's not about just hanging on earth until we get there. No, it's about how do we, through our identification as the children of God, take authorized access and bring heaven to earth today. You see, Jesus wants the disciples to understand that it's about bringing heaven to earth, that this is what he's trying to tell them to do, that heaven somehow wasn't God's plan of escape. Come on, it was his plan of expansion. It wasn't his plan of escape, but his plan of expansion. He's looking for citizens, ambassadors, people like you and me who have authorization, but our authorization starts with identification. And so Jesus here, he says to them, he says, Hey, he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. There are a number of occasions when Jesus begins, I haven't got time to go into it now, but when he begins this statement with the words, I am. The power of those two words is not lost on the audience that he's speaking to. I am. And He's not just in that moment talking about the present sense, He's talking about the past, the present, and the future. You need healing, I am. (laughs) You need a breakthrough in your life right now, Jesus says, I am. Stop looking for a directional path and start looking for a someone. And Jesus says, I am the someone. You need a breakthrough, I am. You need deliverance, I am. I'm going to keep going till I touch on yours. You need wisdom, I am. You need a breakthrough in your life, whatever it is. Jesus says, I am. You need restoration, you need forgiveness, you need all these things the at the, your disposal. Jesus says, I am. Whatever you're going through today, have hope today in the fact that Jesus says to you, not a past tense, not even a future, he says right now, Today, I am. The disciples were looking for a path. They were looking for something. They were looking for some way. (laughs) But Jesus says, start looking to someone. Stop. Start looking for someone. And so I want to give you real quick, if I can, in the time that I've got, three things. Three things that I think us as authorized users need to know. If you've got pen or whatever or uh, something you want to write down, you might want to take these down. Number one is this, authorized users know the way to the kingdom. So Jesus says, I am the way. He doesn't say to them, if you take a left here, if you take a right, if you carry on straight, you'll you'll access. No, he doesn't give them the directions, if you like. He points them to himself and he says, I'm the way. The way you're looking for is a someone, not a something. And so Jesus begins to talk to the disciples and it kind of marries up with so many other things that he said because the the thing that Jesus begins to unravel for every single one of us is that when we step into a relationship with Jesus, the only directional turn that we really need to take is the directional turn of repentance. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That quite literally, that as we are walking one way in our lives, this is what repentance literally means, that we're walking in one direction, that we see Jesus and we turn and we walk the opposite way, that we make the directional turn from walking and living one way to walking and living another way, that we repent of, our, of what's happening in our lives in order that we can be identified with Jesus. And as we're identified with Jesus we discover that the way is not a path but it is indeed a person. It's interesting that the first followers of Jesus in the book of Acts were referred to as followers of the way. Followers of the way. That as you turn your life to Jesus as you make that literal turn, I don't know where you are. I don't don't know where you are in your journey with Jesus. But maybe even right now the Holy Spirit is just illuminating things in your life saying, hey, come on, we need to do a turn. We need to make a directional shift in this area. We quite literally turn, and when we make the turn, I church, I believe with all my heart, we turn from just being those who reflect Jesus to being those who represent him. Anybody want to move from reflecting to representing? So the disciples there, they're looking for a place to go. They're looking for directions. Jesus, he let's be honest, he could just give them directions. He could give them what they're after. He could just leave them with directions and say, well, this is it, this is what it is. But he doesn't. He he wants to give them something they can have. Jesus wants to give them instructions because he can give them directions to heaven, but quite literally, he would rather give them instructions of how to bring heaven to earth. I don't know if anyone has ever been to Ikea. And I can give you the directions to Ikea. You can go to Ikea and you can buy something from Ikea, but if you've ever bought something from Ikea, you know you need the instructions to go with the directions, right? We need those instructions. You see, Jesus can give them the directions, but he wants to give them something so much more He wants to give them the instructions of how they can bring heaven to earth. Church, it's not enough to know the way to joy. I want joy to show up where I am. It's not enough just to know the way to peace. I want peace to show up where I am. I don't want to just know the way to healing. I want the healing to show up in my life today. Come on, anybody else. I can tell you the way, or I can show you how to bring heaven to earth. Jesus today, still 2,000 years later, he still wants to show you how to bring heaven to earth. Authorized users know the way to the kingdom. Number two, authorized users know the truth of the kingdom. What's the truth? I don't think Jesus here is talking about lies or no lies. In fact, if you read the passage, the disciples, they don't know where to go. They don't know the way. Look at verse 10 with me of John 14, he says, don't you believe that I am in the Father, that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. I love this verse, verse 11. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Look at this. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works of themselves. Believe in the evidence of the works themselves. Let me ask you today, what's the evidence of God at work in your life? What's the evidence as you look around of the kingdom of God at work in your life? As you look back in the rearview mirror of your life, do you see God's faithfulness? As you look back in the rearview mirror of your life, can you see God's hand upon you? Can you see him with you in those times of trouble, in those times of confusion, in those times when it just felt like the world was coming in on you? Did you see God's hand upon your life as you look back? As you look back through the rearview mirror of the life of this church, you can see God's hand upon it. Come on, anybody. You can see God's faithfulness and moving and still moving today, that he was moving then and just as he was moving then, he's moving today. Come on, we can see the work, the evidence of God at work in our lives, the evidence of God at work in this city, the evidence of God at work in this nation, and indeed the nations. The Greek word, the original meaning of that word truth, Jesus says, I'm the way and I'm the truth, that word truth quite literally means to be revealed, to uncover. Do you know, church, God wants to reveal the kingdom of God to you. He wants to take the cover off of it, and he wants to reveal, and he wants to show everything of the kingdom of God to you, but I don't know about you, but in our humanity, we are so conditioned by facts. We're so conditioned by the process of information, so used to facts and information, and I don't mind facts and information, but I don't know if you've noticed, it's so easy for facts and information to rob us of our faith. That what we see in the natural robs us of what God is wanting to do through the supernatural. That he wants to take our natural and he wants to add his super to it that we would walk in the supernatural power of God. And we need to stop letting what you look at determining what you see. Stop letting what you see with your natural eyes determining what God wants to do and what he wants to do in your life. You see, we can ask the God, we can ask God to reveal the truth of the kingdom of God to us. Love the Lord's prayer, says our Father who in heaven, hallowed be your name, your what? Your kingdom come. Come on, let's say that again. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Quite literally, he wants you and I to know the truth of the kingdom. That the kingdom of God would show up. That when we step into the places of influence, the places where God has planted you, when you step into the doctor's office, when you step into the school environment you work in, when you step into the office, whatever it is that you, where, you, where you go and where you are, that in that place, we would say, God, reveal your kingdom here and now that I'm not going to let what I see in the natural determine what it is that you want to do in and through me in this place. God, would you reveal in that place what it is? And here's the thing, church, that when we invite the kingdom of God in, we don't just invite the kingdom of God, we invite the king of kings into that place. When you're in that hospital, when you're in that doctor's appointment, I hear the diagnosis, but I'm going to invite the kingdom of God into this place. Kingdom of God, would you come? and would you reveal yourself in my school environment, in my office, in my family right now, in my social settings? God, would you come and would you reveal yourself? And you invite the king of kings in. And here's the thing, when the king of kings steps in, it becomes his territory, it becomes his domain. No longer is it anybody else's. You've invited the king of kings in and it becomes his territory. And here's the thing, church, you are one of his citizens. You are somebody there who represents the kingdom of God. You represent him. You are an ambassador, Paul says. And we've invited the king of kings. He's come into the territory and you're a citizen. And because you're a citizen, you can change the rules. You can change the laws. No longer is it according to the world. And no longer is it according to that report. No, I am seeing with my faith eyes now. And the kingdom of God says this. And the kingdom of God says, freedom reigns. The kingdom of God says, healing wins. The kingdom of God says, breakthrough is on the menu today. That's what the kingdom of God says. That's the rules of the kingdom of God. And we church come quite literally, because we've invited the king of kings in, and we have an identification which gives us authorization to have all of the resources of heaven available to us your kingdom come and your will be done king of kings come and because of your identification in jesus you become an authorized user to bring a new truth a new reality a kingdom reality oh god would you reveal your kingdom come on church just pray with me right now god would you reveal your kingdom Lord right now the truth Lord right now whatever your situation is right now would you just lift that up to the Lord lift up your your workplace lift up your family where it is right now that you just need the King of Kings to come and to step in come on I don't know it but you do you do King of kings, come right now. Establish your kingdom, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Release by the power of your Holy Spirit freedom. Release life, Lord Jesus. Release wisdom. Release peace. Release courage right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Number three, I'm going to finish with this. So maybe the worship team want to prepare themselves. Number three, authorized users have life in the kingdom. I'll be honest, I was trying to think of a really deep point for this one, but I've just got one thing to say to you. It's one thing to live life, but it's a whole other level to have life. Jesus says in John 10, chapter 10, he says, I have come that you may live life and live it to the full. If you know your Bible, you know that's not what it says. He says, I've come that you may live. Have, possess that you may have life and have it in all abundance, to the full, overflowing, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Anybody want that kind of life? I'm first of the queue. I want that kind of life. Church, I don't want to settle for just living life. Can I be really honest with you? I think some of us here today, we're on, if we're honest, we've just settled for living life. I'm gonna survive till I get to heaven. I'm just gonna live life. And I wanna say to you, with all the love in the world, if that's you, if you just limit yourself to living life, the end of the road is death. If that's what, you, if that's what it is, you just wanna live life The end of the road is death. But you see, when we commit ourselves to having life, to possessing it, in and through the person of Jesus Christ, no longer does death have the final word. No longer does death have the final word over your life. I don't know if you've ever seen the film Gladiator, one of my favorite films, quite old now. And There's a moment when the emperor, do you know the scene The emperor, he has a moment when he gets to decide life in a moment. Thumbs up, he lives. Thumbs down, he dies. God is not some judge who's hovering over you like this. Church, we get to choose to have life and to possess it. Why? Because Jesus, he he really lived. He really died. But church, he really did rise again. And one day, he's going to come back. And he's looking for citizens. He's looking for those who are gonna represent him.